What is up, everybody? Thanks again for joining me for another edition of Bauman's Breakdown. Mike Bauman with you, as always. Really appreciate you guys taking the time, staying on board here with the podcast and checking out the episodes. Closing in on 2,000 plays, man, which is awesome. I took a break ski for a little bit, as y'all know. And it's just cool to be coming back and giving you guys a lot of really fun shows. And there's been a lot of fun ones lately. And they've all been fun. But lately I've been on a on a local kick, man. You know, dishing out local artists like Stretch and Illumira to you guys. And now this week, super excited about this one. I'm excited about them all. But this one was a lot of fun because I've had my eye on these guys for a really long time now. I actually got their EP two years ago, December right before 2013 came to be and it's crazy how fast time flies but that band is goodbye blue skies some of you may actually be familiar with these guys already got a pretty pretty good following on social media on facebook and twitter and their ep visions really was starting to make some noise um their music video for babyface nelson was on Blank TV's YouTube channel, was also on Brian Stars, who I'm sure you guys are really familiar with. Young fella does a lot of a lot of music interviews and has a huge following on social media. He shared their video for Babyface Nelson off of the Visions EP and and I love the EP when it came out, man. I loved it. I, I told Chris, as you guys will hear in the the conversation that I have today is with their guitarist and vocalist Chris Marshall. I told him, I was like, dude, when I saw your guys' uh, song titles, I was a fan before I even listened to the EP because I was just so jacked up when I saw song titles like Babyface Nelson and Ah, Real Monsters. It's just, and, and beyond that, in all seriousness, it was a incredibly, incredibly well done EP. Those guys worked their butts off on it. And unfortunately, as you will also hear in the conversation, it didn't really lead to some of the things that the band was hoping for. But they've since regrouped. They are now a three-piece with Victor, the lead vocalist, and drummer Brian Smith. And they just are really doing a lot of big things right now. Locally, today, actually, tonight, I should say, is going to be the March Madness on Main show, which I've been telling you guys about for a while on this podcast. So there's still time. There's still time. If you and your buddies are looking for something fun to do tonight, man... For not a lot of money, seven bucks at the door to be exact, three stages, 21 bands on Main Street in Toledo, Ohio. Jump in the van, split some hotel money, stay the night, and enjoy yourselves, man. A lot of you guys are out there on spring break right now, you guys and gals. What else are you going to be doing, huh? You drinking drugs? Sorry, that was a, uh, a quick reference to Bill Hader and Adventureland. You drinking drugs? I love Bill Hader, man. Anyway, back on task. Back on task. I get off task a lot on this show, as you guys know. But Chris was a really good dude. I was really happy to finally get in touch with these guys. Took a break from writing and doing the podcast, as I've mentioned, probably ad nauseum on the show. And had their EP, loved it. I actually put it on a split. When when I downloaded it uh, off of iTunes, I actually put it on the same CD as The Disease of Fear from Akaro, which I freaking love that as well. Really, really awesome stuff. If you guys out there, some of you you fitness folks out there who like to get amped up when you work out, I recommend doing the exact same thing. Go get Visions, get the EP, 
and put it on the same CD as Akaro, the disease of fear, and you will give yourself uh, the disease of what? The disease of fear. You will give yourself a, a gorgeous workout if you do that. But anyway, I had a lot of fun talking to Chris. You guys are going to hear about a lot of stuff today, man. You're going to hear about the band. You're going to hear about what they've been going through since Visions. You're going to hear about sort of his perspective on on how things went down with Visions. They still they still had a lot of really good things going. You know, they still ended up playing the Ernie Ball stage on the Vans Warp Tour at their stop at the Palace of Auburn Hills. Back in 2012, they've been doing some shows locally here. These guys were voted best band in uh, Toledo a couple of years ago by the Toledo City Paper, uh, a really good local publication that features all kinds of stuff, arts, life, music. Check it out. So these guys have, have really just been making a lot of noise for quite some time locally, and it, and it started to get out on a national level with Visions, and right now they're working on their debut full-length album and have been hard at work on their debut full-length album, Motives, for for a little while now. And they've gone through some changes, and they've got some stuff in the works. Chris has been hard at work with Brian and Vic, and uh, it's just it's just really cool what they're doing right now. So I'm, I'm so excited to finally finally get in touch with these guys and be able to do a show for this podcast and also a story which you'll be able to check out at toledofreepress.com i will put up the link and chris was kind enough to also give us a song which you'll hear at the end so yes stay tuned the whole way through don't tune out don't tune out there's too much fun stuff but anyway i'm gonna shut up give you guys my conversation with chris marshall guitarist and vocalist for goodbye blue skies here we go Chris, I want to say thank you for uh, for taking some time today, man. I really do appreciate it. Uh, thanks for offering the interview. I'm excited to do this. Yeah, I uh, I first saw you guys. It has it had to have been at least or at least close to maybe two years ago. Now there was a uh, a bunch of bands that played at headliners. It, it wasn't Sleedle Music Fest. I think it was something else. And I remember seeing you guys in the front room. And uh, I have I had a few friends that had, had kind of already told me about you guys at that point, and then I picked up your Visions EP like like two years ago in December. I got it like right before 2013, and I really liked it. So I've kind of kind of been keeping tabs on you guys and just uh, just kind of hoping to get a chance to finally do something like this. So I'm I'm cool. It's finally happening. But um, what what has this been like for you guys as a band just over the last couple of years from from Visions and even before that until now? Uh, a, a lot has uh, changed from visions up to now. Um, during that time, <clears throat> we actually lost a couple of members, so we had to like actually stop what we were doing. Like we we wanted to like push that record extremely high, like two on and everything, but due to us having to find new, a new lineup, we weren't able to do that. And um, over the time, we've uh, just been playing shows here and there and like just doing a lot of pretty cool things like uh we uh played Warp Tour about two years ago um we also uh did a couple of mini, mini tours with the new lineup and uh, opened up for bands like the Cherry and the Mice and Man which is probably by far all of our favorite show uh that was down at the Gazelle out in uh Bowling Green, I believe, and um, yeah, so we were doing that, and then it just became time to start for the album that we 
are currently finishing up right now, and we're really excited about it. So just, you know, lineup changes and just trying to stay relevant as much as we can under the certain circumstances that we had. How long has it just been um, you and Brian and Victor now? Uh, it's been this way since a little bit midway of uh, the, this uh, recording session with the album. Um, we had a bass player in that he was wasn't from the area and he got offered a better job and we were totally understand, understanding about it and um, so it was just the four of us, our former guitarist uh, decided to step down from his position uh, to pursue whatever that it is that he's doing now um, so it's been us for, for a good period now and uh, we're, we're pretty fine about it, like we've been here before so we're just really focusing on finishing the album and coming up with a game plan as far as like marketing and tours and stuff like that just to finish off the rest of the year. So was that was that uh, Billy and Jeff who left the band? Billy and Jeff were the guys that left after Vision was done. Okay. So they've been gone for a while. Um, the, the guys that uh, we placed more, more recently that was in the band that replaced those guys uh, was Mike and um, I'm trying to blank on our ba- the bass player's name right now, but uh, um, uh, yeah, I can't think of his name. I love the guy, so I'm like really out of it right now. I can't think of his name. Or, we nicknamed him Kobe because his last name was Bryant. So we're just gonna go with Kobe right now. <laughs> so, so the the guys that um, so basically you you had your a guitar player and then a bass player leave right in the middle. <clears throat> excuse me, of recording motives, and now you how what happened at that point? Did you guys was it just you and 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 Vic and and Brian to try to finish up recording, or or in the midst of that, that's when you had to kind of find other like another bass player and another guitarist to try to help finish the album. Well, um, during the time, like, obviously drums go first, and Brian knocked out his drums pretty quick, and I I, I actually did uh, pretty much 95% of the guitar tracking uh, for rhythm and lead guitars. Uh, there were certain things that our former guitarist did, and there was also certain things that uh, our producer did, because he plays guitars, and then... Uh, our bass player ended up leaving before we even got the chance to start check, uh, tracking our bass. So it was between myself and our producer to do the bass tracking. So pretty much we had it all figured out. And um, like we're, we're all established musicians to where we can just jump on another instrument if needed to to finish anything up. So it, it wasn't too stressful or anything like that. And it kind of actually worked out for the best. So when that happened, the, the plan was just just kind of like what you said. Just you guys would would take care of it, and then worry about finding finding replacement members after you got the album done. Right, right. Okay. Um, and that's really still our plan right now. Like we're not really uh, too focused on finding members. We we have a, a lot of friends that are musicians that are not in bands that are willing to 
help us out whenever we play shows and or tour, do tours and stuff like that. So um, we're kind of content with just being, you know, just the three of us right now until we can actually find, you know, a couple of guys that actually fits well with this band and, and, and wants to do everything that we want to do. So um, until that time, I, I think we can manage to get by and, like I said, we had a lot of friends that are willing to help us out, so we're good. And um, I want to I back up a little bit, because um, obviously there's been, there's been a lot that's gone on, but um, for you personally, I mean, I, I've, I've seen you play guitar, and you're, you're a left-handed player, right? Yeah, yeah. Or at least I should say your, your strum hand is your left hand. Um, right. How, how long have you been playing, and, and what, what first got you into music, man? I mean, do you, do you remember, like, listening to an album or, you know, coming from, like, a musical family? Do, I mean, what, what initially made you say, man, I, I, have, to, I have to play music? Um, I, I've been playing guitar a little over tw- uh, 10 years now. Uh, it started about, uh, I want to say, 14 or something like that. So, yeah, it's, it's been a little bit. Uh, but... Yeah, I, I've always been fascinated with music, like, from as far as I can remember. Um, I I don't know what it was. It was just something that I had to do and always wanted to be a part of. I, I originally, like, when I was get a lot younger, wanted to be a DJ for some reason. And it wasn't until back when Kiss FM was actually, like, playing alternative music and stuff like that rather than just being like a straight pop uh, station. Uh, bands like Goo Goo Dolls and Blink-182 were the bands that like turned me on to playing guitar. So uh, those were the bands that really triggered like um, guitar. And, and it wasn't until like I moved to Atlanta and went to my very first uh, concert and it was just a local show. I can't even tell you what bands were playing. It was a bunch of local bands. But to see, like, the performance and how the, the crowd interacted with the band, it was just fascinating to me. I was like, I want to do that. And then going to see bigger acts over the years, it's just, like, really made me want it even more. Um, so, I don't know. It, it's just, it's something that I'm really passionate about. I enjoy playing guitar and I'm a huge music nerd and music fan, so uh, <clears throat> I don't know. It's just one of those things where I feel like everybody has like their niche for certain things. Like you know, a lot of people are really good at sports. A lot of people are good at uh, technology and stuff like that. I feel like my niche was music. What what um, what was it about the heavy stuff for you that that kind of struck a chord? Because obviously you guys are like post hardcore. There's melodies, but there's also like hardcore vocals and you know heavy guitar riffs. I mean, it, was there an album or or, or a particular band that got you into? Because I remember growing up, like I, I just turned 27, like like two days ago, and uh, when I was a kid, my brother, who's six years older, he was a teenager right in the mid 90s when like corn you know was was kind of yeah, like right yeah. at their peak and he was he was a huge metallica fan so i i kind of started listening to heavy stuff to kind of because i wanted to be like him but but i ended up finding as the years went on that that's still to this day the stuff that just really just hits me at more of a visceral level i i love all kinds of music like i I've, I've gotten into more 
psychedelic shoegazy stuff the last couple of years and and I really love that stuff but um but heavy music has always has always been something that I just I I get geeked out whenever like a new Mastodon album comes out or a new you know um like I'm a big fan of Alter Bridge and Metallica Corn like so for you what was it about um heavy music that that started getting you to lean into that direction especially coming from like when you were first influenced like you said with with Goo Goo Dolls and, and Blink 182 uh honestly it was just the group of friends that I had I, I literally had a group of friends that was from all the branches of the, the typical high school lifestyle it was like the jocks the the goths, the preppy kids, and you know the weirdos. That it, we all, there was a few of us that were from those little branches or whatever that hung out all the time. So all their musical influence was just stirred in a huge pot. Um, a, a friend of mine named Brandon, he he was heavily into you know trans, uh, like dark metal like kind of like uh Rheinstein and you know and even like corn and, and stuff like that and that kind of got me into uh the stuff that he was listening to got me into corn deftones slipknot mushroom head and, and stuff like that uh but it wasn't until a buddy of mine named ryan we were going to a show and he had this like little piece of shit uh chevy and i like um a little subwoofer behind one of the, the bucket seats and he put in this album called uh, I can't I forget the actual name of the album but it's from uh, the band Misery Signals it was their first record and that was literally the one the like the point where I was just like this is amazing I just love everything about it like the double bass the technical aspects of the uh, the guitar work but still having that melodic side to like stuff that I'm like kind of familiar with already because growing up a little bit more like I got into more of like the uh, I guess you could call it screamo and the emo era where uh, Heartthrow Heist Thursday Taking Back Sunday Brand New all those bands the list can go on but uh, <clears throat> sorry I was still hearing those type of elements that those bands were doing but at the same time the heaviness of like the heavier bands like you know Corn and Slipknot what they were doing as well not exactly what they were doing they had their own different spin on it but it, it was just the balance between melodic and being heavy that I mean like this is awesome and then following more bands in that genre uh, and seeing them live, just the energy of the shows are, are completely different than anything I've ever experienced. Like, I've, I've seen a few acts and gone to a few concerts that are outside of, like, what Goodbye Blue Skies normally plays in. The vibes there are great and everything, and no, like, no shots taken towards that, but if you go to, like, a, a, a hardcore, metalcore show, whatever you want to call it, it's just the energy there, man. The, the kids, the bands, it's just something about it that gets you pumped, and, I don't know, it's weird, but it's awesome at the same time, and that's why I really fell in love with this type of music and wanting to do this type of music. It was the one the genre um, that I actually really connected with besides 
being like a pop punk kid or whatever, um, that I was like, I love the heaviness of this, but I also love, you know, when things become a little bit prettier and more melodic and, and stuff like that. That was something that I've always been fascinated with. So that that's how that's how it came about, and that's what I wanted to do with uh, Good Luck Blue Skies and everybody that's in the band felt the same way. But they have like more different influences of, uh, of other bands, but I would probably say Misery Signals was the first band that was just like it for me. So that album, it was uh, of Malice and the Magnum Heart. Was that it? Yeah, yeah, that one. I I just like the last few years when I was in college. That's when I really started to get into uh, more of uh, more of the the screaming and, and yelling stuff. Like it, it actually started with uh, it started with Death Punch for me, believe it or not, because me and two of my best friends saw those guys open for Disturbed down in uh, Cincinnati, like. God, that had to be probably seven years ago now, and I didn't know too much about them at that point. And I, at you know, I kind of listened to a lot of radio rock for a lot of years, and a lot of stuff that was, you know, because when you're a kid, you you don't you don't dig as much, you know. At least I didn't. You kind of just listen to what's what's on the radio or what MTV's playing, you know. And, and that's a good place to start. But but once I got into like high school and college, I started to kind of veer off, and, and especially in college, but. Death Punch's show was was ridiculous. Like I I couldn't really hear hardly anything from them and disturbed for like like two three days after that show. That was sort of the birth of earplugs for me. But but Killswitch <laughs> Killswitch was was a band that really um, really still to this day has really impacted me. And like you talk about the heavy and the melodic, um, alive or just breathing. I, I love all their stuff. But that that's still probably my my favorite favorite record from them. Yeah, all, all those bands from that era, like the, the I guess the forefathers of metalcore, you, 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 could, you could say, like, uh, Misery Signals, Kill Switch, Poison the Well, Hope's Fall, um, I'm, I'm missing a few, but yeah, those bands were really like what I was listening to a lot in high school, just there wasn't much like I would dabble back into like my old roots or whatever but there was not much else I was digging into besides that those types of bands because I just loved what they were doing every single one of them so that so Misery Signals kind of opened like Pandora's box for you yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty much it, it definitely was but yeah, uh, and so for for you too, you've been playing. You said about ten years now. So are you, you what twenty four, twenty five now? Uh, I'll be twenty seven in August. So yeah, it's a little, a little over ten years. Oh, okay. So we're we're basically in the same same boat age wise then. Right. Right. Now for for goodbye blue skies. How long has it been now for for you and, and Victor and Brian playing together? Um. Oh, that's a good question. I think um, it's been about seven years, seven, seven or eight years. It's, it's definitely pushing 10 years. Um, I know the band started late 2007, and but we didn't play our first official show until like January or February of 08. So, uh, 
Yeah, so it's around that time, about seven, between six and eight years. Now, when I, when I listened to the Visions EP, like, I gotta tell you, I, I loved it before I even listened to it because the song names were great. Is is shallow, <laughs> shallow as that might sound, I was like, I have to check this out just just because of that alone. But um, it definitely sounded like the the chemistry was there with you guys. I mean, in terms of not only was the production really good, but you mentioned you know kind of the balance between melodic and, and heaviness. It's not it's not the easiest thing to pull off, and and you guys seemed like you just kind of were in the pocket playing with each other was that kind of evident from from the first time that you guys had been playing together or did that take a little bit of time to build yeah, it was a little bit of both I, I think because like I said we all listened to those bands but there was like more influences on different bands like Vic is a huge Deftones fan which Deftones is an amazing band and they have their own form of melodic and heaviness as well compared, uh, compared to like my influence which is like Misery Signals and uh, Brian Brian's probably the least out of the three of us when it comes to that because Brian was a straight up like punk rock kid like straight punk but I think bands like Misery Signals and and uh under Oath and those types of bands from that era really drew him to this type of music. And uh, so we all had like a somewhat of a uh, background in the melodic hardcore and metalcore thing. And we just wanted to write music that we liked and just mix all our influences in it in any kind of way that we wanted to. And, uh, I think with Visions compared to like uh, the first release that we did, um, which is Demos, uh, that came about because we actually concentrated in, in the producer that we had for the time, Josh Schwartz, which is an amazing guy, a good friend of ours. Um, he really worked with us on that to bring out the, the heaviness where it needs to be heavy and the melodic that where it needs to be melodic. And we didn't really have that at at first. We it was like it was there but it wasn't as uh present as it is on that record and even on Modus as well. Um so it was kind of a boast, like we all knew what we wanted to do but at the same time we all knew that we needed to develop it as more and make it uh, more pronounced and more polished than what we were doing when we first started. And what was the, uh, for motive, I mean, I, I've been keeping an eye on sort of the artwork that, that you guys are, are putting out and um, listen to Threshold and, and Better Days. Like, what what was the uh, sort of the, the concept or the the theme behind this record after writing Visions? Well, uh, Visions was more so like uh, pick your own picture type of thing. Um, we touched on certain things, but it was more so like we wanted people to have their own opinion about what the song meant to them. This time around, we actually have topics, and hence the, the, the title, Modus, the songs that uh, we write 
what we wrote about on this record, they all have uh, motives. We talk about uh, losing a loved one, like in death, and we talk about bad relationships. We talk about, uh, you know, what's better days is basically like hating who you are and, you know, finally coming, overcoming your hatred for yourself and just accepting who you are and, and loving yourself pretty much. So there's like a motive to why things happen and then the motivation to overcome, you know, the the, uh, the situation, even if it's a good or a bad thing. Um, then that's what our, our whole thing was about. And it really kind of goes with from the end of Visions and even it still kind of carries to now with us being a three-piece again because when we when we weren't able to do what we wanted to do with Visions, it kind of, like, made us really think about what we wanted to do as far as, like, if we wanted to continue the band or, if, you know, if we wanted to do, like, full-time or just kind of be low-key and play shows here and there and just be that type of band. And we all were like, screw it, you know, this is what we want to do, so we're going to work our butts off about it and and just keep trucking. So that's what really, like, motivated this record was that situation because whenever you put out something and you have the plans, you have the ideas, and, and then and then it just completely gets wrecked, you know, for whatever reason, uh, it really messes with your head. It really, like, you start doubting things, you start second-guessing things, and... Uh, it's really up to you to figure out if, you know, if you want to back away from it and let it go or if you're just like, you know, no, I'm not finished yet. I got a lot more to say. And so we feel like we have a lot more to say. So that's the whole concept and and everything with the record. And, and another thing, a lot of bands are not really doing as much lately. Um... But we just wanted to write songs that we knew can connect with people. Um, for whatever means. Not everybody is going to be in a situation that we, we talk about on this record, but they might know someone that has gone through that situation. So they can still kind of relate to it in a way. So that was one of our things. We really wanted to connect with everybody that listens to the album. So with visions, was it was it just a thing of because um, even on like on iTunes, a lot of people gave it really good ratings. You know, when, when I looked it up, and you guys did get some good shows, and you, you mentioned uh, what was it the the of mice and men show at the at uh, BG? You guys were on that. Um, I mean, was it just a thing where you thought that that was the EP that that would help you guys pop, and 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 then when maybe it didn't get to that level, it just kind of, it was just kind of like a gut check. I mean, when you talk about not not wanting to get where you where you wanted to go with visions, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, it, it exactly. That was what it was because uh, you know we saved up a bunch of money to, to go to a really nice studio and get a really great uh, product done. And we wrote the best songs that we could possibly write for that time. And 
we felt like, you know, this is this is it, you know, this is this is gonna carry us to the next level. And then when it didn't happen that way, and not saying that it was a complete failure, it just took a lot longer because we didn't have the certain elements to actually push the record like we wanted to. Like when it came out we wanted to like immediately go full throttle. But it didn't really pick up any steam until maybe about halfway through the year uh, where people are actually paying attention to it. And, he, and even with, like, the music video, we uh, pre-released the music video probably, like, a year after the initial release of the EP. So it was just, like, everything was kind of, like, slacking and not really uh, going the way that we all wanted to go, wanted it to go. So we really had to reevaluate everything and think about exactly what we wanted to do when it came time to do the full length. And, and this, and being a full length, it's a much bigger project than it is an EP. Nowadays, I feel like an EP is just kind of like a, you know, hand me off to start your bag, get, get in the recognition or, you know, a little filler between the album and album. Uh, a full length, there's a lot more to it. There's more songs and you really want to, uh, push that because you have so many songs on this record that you want everybody to listen to and um <clears throat> so for us it's just like we're we're in a good spot right now we're finishing up the production and everything and uh once it's out we're just gonna not even really hesitate we're just gonna hit the road and and just it out there and actually give this a proper release and a proper marketing plan uh, compared to Vision. And I and also with Vision, I think I really think uh, we sat back and thought that the internet was going to take care of us because that was during a time where you know a band would put out a song and then within a month or so they'd be like, oh, we're starting to this. And, and I think we kind of fell fell in that mindset that you know this is awesome you know we we have a great sounding record we have uh a guy from a sign band uh featured on one of our songs so why not why shouldn't this happen and us being young a lot younger than to where we are now it's just like no we have to do the video at school we gotta get out in people's faces and, and talk to people and interact with people. We can't just rely on the internet, which the internet is a, is a great tool to have, but I feel like everything is coming full circle now to where bands really, it, it's so oversaturated with bands on the internet that you really have to go out and prove why people should like your band and why uh, a, a label should take it take a chance on your band rather than the hundreds of bands that pop up daily on YouTube and, and all that stuff. So I think we are ready to just kind of get back to our old our, our old mindset before Visions, which was like being really hungry and just getting out there and playing as many shows as we possibly can. And, and, and you touched on that, that, that the market has kind of been oversaturated. And I think, you know, with, with any... I think with any bands that are sort of, you know, like like we talked about a little earlier with being sort of like the forefathers, like Kill Switch and, you know, um, like Shadows Fall was part of that, Misery Signals was part of that, 
Um, and, and even even to a different end of the spectrum, around the same time, you had bands like Lamb of God and Trivium in the early 2000s who kind of have been able to st- sustain and do their thing. And I think um, even when we were younger, you had bands like Korn, Machine Head, Disturbed, all in sort of that mid-late 90s. And then late 90s, it was like Limp Bizkit and... and when that happens, that influences an entire generation of, of fans and, and musicians alike. And I think with hardcore and metalcore and all these different subgenres now, it does seem like it, that kind of has happened where you, especially with the internet, where you really have to dig because there's so many bands. So when you guys were going through that process with Visions, like you mentioned just kind of sitting back and, and hoping that it would sort of just catch some fire online, but... Did you get any feedback from from any labels or any any industry people? Uh, you know, I mean, did you get it? Did you get a sense of of either why it didn't pop the way you thought it would? I mean, was there any type of outside feedback? I guess that that maybe you guys got that that kind of you know may, maybe gave you any any type of clarity at all? Because I mean, and I'm not just saying this because because you're you and I are talking right now. Um, but I, I mean, I thought it sounded really good, and I, and I thought that you guys did it, did a great job with it. Uh, yeah, we we uh, talked to the labels here and there, but it it never really got as far as you know contract wise or anything like that it was more so there's there's some labels out there i'm not going to say any like names or whatever but there were some labels and even management uh companies that we were in talks with that was more on the aspect of making money than actually trying to develop a relationship with you know artists and and label artists and management or, or whatever and those were the kind of people that we were getting in touch with so um they they both all of them said you know you know it sounds really good it sounds really good and but you know they want more music and it was just like well we just released this you know we don't really have anything you know new or the money you know, we paid out of our pockets for that, you know, and that, and that was a pretty penny, you know. It wasn't like we had just extra cash laying around to go record two, three more songs that we didn't have ready or, or whatever. Um, and when we said that, it was just like, oh, oh, okay, well, you know. And it was just like, we're just being honest. We're not going to tell you, like, yeah, we can do it when we know we can't. But um, we were really proud of that as well, like, with everything that came about Visions. So we didn't want to, like, kind of discredit that and put out more songs. Even if we would have never officially released those songs um, to the public, we didn't want to do that because we wanted Visions to actually have a proper, you know, life cycle. Right. Rather than just, like, okay, screw all five songs that was on there. Here's the three songs that we just wrote or whatever. Um, and after that, you know, we, we, we started finding services online um, to where we were able to do a lot of things ourselves without having a label or having a, a management or, or anything like that, um, which is awesome. We still would like, to start a relationship with a label or, or a management or booking agency or whatever uh, in the near future, but um, we just uh, 
site called TuneCore, which allows us to do, uh, distribute our music on iTunes and Google Play and all that stuff. And we were getting, we were seeing a lot more uh, out of that than we felt like okay, if we would have signed to the label at that time, we would have probably had to pay uh, residuals and and uh, all that stuff and not really be making any money. And at a time where we were completely broke from uh, recording the record, uh, printing the record ourselves and merch and, and all that stuff, and, um, it was really nice to be able to see general income coming in for the band that we can actually... It's actually ours. It's not, okay, we can only take a certain percentage out of this and the rest goes to recuperation of pressing and all that stuff. Um, but <clears throat> we're always open to talking to people. And, and like I said, the people that we have talked to, they seem like they genu like genuinely liked our band and like what we were doing. It was just... It's kind of one of those things to see. I think they were kind of testing the waters with us to see how naive we are and how young of a band we are. And we have a lot of friends there and bigger bands that have dealt with the shadiness of the labels and shadiness of other things, but also have dealt with, you know, good situations. And they tell us the ins and outs, or at least as much, they give us as much information as an upcoming band to know when a situation is good and when a situation is kind of iffy. And uh, so we're just still waiting for the, the right opportunity. And then we we hope that, you know, something comes out of this record. But like I said, we're still kind of in a mindset of, like, we're just going to do this on our own. And then, you know, something comes, comes out of it, then that's awesome, too. Well, it, it seems like, too, with, with a lot of... Uh bands and musicians that I've, I've had the opportunity to talk to over the years that at some point they've all kind of been through what you guys are going through and uh and a, and a lot of them got to the point where they were they were happy with with where they were at you know and some of them are still independent and i'm not i'm not name dropping i don't want you to think i'm i'm like a name drop type kind of dude but like, but like uh, this band Boba Flex that came through Toledo with uh, Royal Bliss a few months back, they both of them are really really good bands and really good dudes. And for whatever reason, they they just have not been able to get the type of larger support that they that they you know maybe thought they should get. It, and they just decided to hell with it. We're just going to go out on the road and book our own shows and do our own thing. And they've had a lot of really good shows and. And then there's some bands like like um, Nothing More, who who I actually saw in Toledo with with Illumira um, when they opened for Seven Dust, and within like, you know, the last year and a half they've blown up. But they've also been a band for like 12 years too, you know. So right, they've, right. they've gone right. through a lot to get where they are too. So if there's any type of reassurance as a guy who does not work in the music industry and just covers it because I love music, I mean. Uh, there's there's definitely bands that that have gone through it before and 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 like you said too I mean you obviously you guys have friends and a, a lot of bands who do have label support and and I'm sure that's a good place to be too because they can kind of help you through that so so I'm I'm glad you guys are still are still pushing and still still going for it man yeah I mean it, sometimes it, it just takes a little bit longer than than other bands and, it, and I feel like 
it's sort of better too. I, there's a lot of young bands out there that just get thrown in the in, you know in the ocean that don't know how to swim. They haven't taken any of the lessons or anything, and so you know they might have good music and everything. But once they get to that point where they have to actually, it, it, it being in a band is, is is fun. But when you get to a certain level, like label status it becomes work as well right. it's still fun and you, you love what you do but you know you have to also be serious about it it can't be like it is just being in a local band and a lot of those band, young bands don't understand that and they have disputes and fallouts and they end up breaking up within a year or two of them being signed and it's just like you know I, I will much I, I can personally I'm sure you do as well since we're in the same age and age range, but uh, I remember when I was about 16, 17, going to like labels like Ferret Music and Victory Records and just going to the website and looking at their demo submission policies and stuff like that. And they were writing bold letters. Like you have to be a band for more than a year. You have to have some kind of establishment for us to even consider looking at you. You shouldn't be a band that just popped up on the internet and was a band for six months and then next thing you know you're signed and you're touring all over the country and stuff like that. It, it wasn't like that. And I still kind of had that old school mindset of, you know, being a little bit more established and, and knowing the ins and outs a little bit. There, I'm sure there's still a lot more to know, but for the fact that, you know, things didn't happen our way with business or whatever, I think it's kind of more of an eye-opener for us and, and, you know, actually helped us out in the long run because we've had to deal with a bunch of other stuff after that album, you know, between then and now that if we would have gotten signed off of that, having a member change and a loss of the band and all that stuff, like that would have hurt us so much more on that level than it did just being an offline band. So it kind of made us realize like this was kind of like one of the blessings for us then, you know, uh, you know, we're not signed, what the hell? Um, it just makes us want to work harder and, and understand the ins and outs of the industry a lot better to where if that time came, we know exactly what we want, we know what we're going to do, we know how we're going to do it rather than just being thrown in you know, the sea and just expect to want, know how to be a swimmer and all that crazy mess <laughs> stuff. <laughs> well, and I, and I think, too, uh, you know, it was probably... In the long run, it'll be a good segue for motives because I'm sure that those experiences led to led to some some writing. I'm sure too with you guys. Oh yeah, absolutely. How 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 ready were you guys for motives to get in there again? And, and this time around, did you guys self produce this? Um, we self produced it. Uh, a really good friend of ours from a, a band called Before Their Eyes. He been uh, doing producing man like in the area for for a little over a year and then was joined the studio and uh, <clears throat> heard the 
roll off. They definitely got the wrong the first time. <laughs> but uh, um, he came to us because we were actually thinking about going back to Josh Roder for the for this record because we had such a great chemistry with him the first time around. The problem was was finance. Again, we're coming out of our pocket, and and also again this time around. You know, a few years have gone by, things have changed in our lives. You know, some of us have kids, two kids, married, you know, just have more of a, an adult situation than we did when Visions came out. To, uh, so we had to really think about how, how we could go about this without really, like, killing ourselves from working, overworking and, and everything like that. So he came up to us and, uh, was just like, you know, I want to help you guys out. You guys are good friends of mine, and uh, you know I can cut you a deal. And, and not, not to say that we didn't want to work with Josh because we do, and we still do, and hopefully we can work with him in the future. But his uh, Jordan was the one that recorded Threshold, the single that we released in uh, 2013, and we really liked the outcome of that. And uh, we were extremely excited to be able to just stay home and be able to work and pay our bills as well as pay for the album. And, and uh, it, it kind of worked out pretty good. It was, there's been a few bumps of being at home because you get comfortable because you're home. So um, there's a few bumps here and there, but for, overall it's been a really awesome experience to just work with her and been doing a phenomenal job getting this album together and uh, definitely helping us um, mold it to what we want it to be. And what was Jordan's last name again? Uh, DeServo. DeServo? Mm-hmm. All right, I might I might have you send, send me an email so I, I make sure I don't butcher his name. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What now? What are what are you excited about? Um, I mean, beyond just everything you guys went through with with visions, obviously, but with motives coming out and coming from from what seems like a personal level, but what you also said in in writing songs that that people can relate to and making it a little universal. As far as your playing and um, and and what you're doing on the guitar, I mean, what what are you excited about about the most with this record coming out with your work that you put into it? Um, just overall, people are here. It's been a long time since we uh, released a batch of music, you know, like we kind of did the uh, in-between it with Threshold between Visions and, and Motive. But it's been a long time, and a lot of people have been, like, anticipating this and wanting to hear more special emotions. It just really just to finally get it out like we started the recording process of it a year ago and it, it's been a year since uh we started the recording process and now that is pretty much completed it, it's done we did take our time on that um on this to just make sure we can release a really good first full length like we didn't want it to have like just a few okay songs we wanted everything to be as good as we possibly can make it for the time period that we're in. Um, so yeah, that's that's really what it is. It's just, I'm just excited. I, I feel like it's uh, a step forward from Visions. I think there's a lot of elements from Visions 
people can pick up. But at the same time, we're also progressing as a band. There's a lot of bands say that, but I really think you can tell the difference between you know, visions and motives if you listen to them back to back. There's a lot of similarities, but there's a lot of things that set them apart. And I, I feel like it really does go with the, the time frame of when we recorded that and everything that we've gone through between that, that release up to now. So it, it definitely has a, a, um, a darker feel to it, a darker tone to the album. Um, then Visions, I feel like Visions is kind of more of a upbeat, up-simple record with the, except, uh, the exception of uh, The Great Debate. Um, this album definitely has a, lot, a darker feel to it, but I think a lot of people would enjoy it and will understand where we're coming from. How about the uh, the artwork on it? Like I, I noticed you guys kind of have like your own your own symbol, but there's you, you're kind of talking about it right now with sort of the darker theme. Like it almost seems like like more naturey to me, especially a couple of like or the the lyric video in particular for like better days. But um, who who does the artwork and and as far as like the band symbol and stuff? I mean, what how how does that stuff come about? Uh, that would be me. Um... I, I am currently actually finishing up the artwork for the record. Uh, right now, I'm currently just trying to get a few permissions from some photographers of photos that I'm using just to make sure, um, you know, no legal action is taking place or anything like that. So I'm in the process of finishing that. But, uh, but yeah, everything that we've done, um, as of recently, like to the new uh, Goodbye Blue Skies logo, the uh, Circle Triangle logo, and even the GBS Circle logo, I've been behind it. I always go to the guys and, you know, get their opinion on everything. And it's a great way to like just be able to save a little bit of cash, you know, when you can dabble if you have people that are kind of familiar with freelance work. You know, a little bit of Photoshop here and there, and uh, you know, just things cash, and I think they came out pretty awesome. And everybody in the band likes it. So I mean, our drummer Brian, he has a, he has uh, the triangle logo tattoo on his cap. So you know, we it's uh, it's you know, <clears throat> one of those things where it's just like that's kind of like what I like to do on the side is just kind of make stuff and. It kind of reminds me of the mental alchemy symbol a little bit, which I, I'm not sure if you're if you're familiar with that. But um, what it, what is the story about, like the the circle and the triangle and the stuff going on there? Uh, for for us, it's just kind of like everything coming full circle with what what I was talking about as far as like how. And approach things, certain things about relying on the internet so much, uh, just kind of being true to yourself and just trying to have a connection. You know, the people that listen to your music and enjoy your music. It's, it's one of those things where it's just coming all together. And, and, and between the, and not in between, but inside of the circle is the triangle and the diamond, all the, all the crazy elements. And that's what I feel represents. 
wanted to do. And we all love heavy music, but we also love other things. And you can definitely hear those other genre of music uh, shine through the heaviness. Um, so it's just like the chaotic side of you know, these guys just not sticking to one particular genre, just trying different things out. And it, it's definitely going to mean something. It's, it's going to mean much more as the years go on and as you know, we go into the second record, we go into the third record, it would definitely make sense. And actually, I feel like it kind of makes sense now between Visions and Motors. Like I said, there's a lot of similarities to it, but there's, they're completely different at the same time. Well, I- Chris, I, I won't keep you too much longer, man, and I, I appreciate you taking the time uh, again. Um, it's it's been cool to kind of get get more of the story on on what's going on with you guys, especially after hearing everything that's that's happened with Visions until now. But um, I do want to ask you about your playing a little bit because you can't see me right now, but I'm using air quotes when I say I try to play the guitar. Um, <laughs> I picked it up when I was like 19, and uh, I play, you know just kind of fun I, I, I don't really like to play with other people other than my buddy Andy because I don't want anybody to laugh at me but uh, but you do some stuff on the guitar like um, like with some of the breakdowns and stuff that I I um, I, I always I, I'm always fascinated when I watch people play you know whether it's like monkey and head from corn or like James and Kirk from Metallica and you know Joel and those guys from Kill Switch and Adam and and I try to I just you know and Seven Dust is one of my all time favorite bands and Clinton John are great and everybody kind of has their own style on the guitar but sound wise like you do some stuff that that I feel like is is pretty pretty unique um, I guess my alter my like one of the questions I have is like especially during the breakdowns there's like a certain there's a certain sound that that you make when you hit the strings. And I don't know, maybe maybe people listening to this are will be like scratching their heads when I ask this right now because they can't they can't see what what we're talking about. But like like how how did how did your your style come about? And when you do that, like with the with the breakdowns, like what what are you doing on the strings to get sort of that that sound? Um, well, exactly like what type of style are you talking about? Is it like in between like the chart parts, like some of the stuff like? No, it's it's like that dun 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 like it's a, that real kind of like epic type of breakdown, but it's it's not like a not not like anything that that I that I can do like when I when I hit the strings. It's like that sort of um oh man, I'm trying to think of uh, a good way to describe it, but it's it's a heavy sound when you when you when you do the breakdowns on on the on it's it's a chug, but it's it's it sounds more more full than that. I don't know. I, I, I gotta imagine it's some some type of way you're you're hitting the strings, but it's um it's it's something that, that kinda struck me when I when I first heard you guys even. Um it, it's I I kinda get what you're talking about and I'm gonna try to explain it as good as I possibly can. <laughs> okay. uh, it, it really okay. it, it really is about your palm placement on your strumming head. Um that really determines how thick your your chug, your palm, your palm roots are going to be. I know there's people that kind of rest their, uh, their head um, in between 
well, not in between, but slightly on the strings. Uh, and those, those are good for more like the tightness, like if you do like speed, like stopping those, like stuff like that, which those are really ideal for. But right. with those, you, you lose the, the punch of the truck because you gotta be technical and so it's either one or the other. Um, so normally when I do my palm, I actually rest my head on the, uh, the bridge. So it actually doesn't really mute the string enough to where uh, it's technical, but it's, there's no like bottom end to it. Uh, it just mutes it to where it doesn't, it's not sustained. Like when you just hit an open chord or whatever, but there's power behind it because of how hard you, you're hitting the strings to do those. So that's pretty much how I do it. I, it really just depends on like your, your palm placement. You might try it out sometimes. You'll probably be able to knock it out and be like, oh, is that easy? <laughs> but, uh, that's normally what I do. Well, I, and, I, and, and the reason I ask is because, I mean, obviously, like, breakdowns are popular but when i when i heard you guys at least the bands that i listened to i hadn't i hadn't really heard anybody who had who had had some stuff stuff like that and i and i felt like it made it more it it made the low end a little bit heavier but it also kind of was like a full surround feel to the to the guitar and like that part of the song right yeah it it just it really all depends on your brain some people prefer to like pop me on the some people prefer to pop me on the bridge. I always come more like people that like the bridge because I just I, I like being able to show the bottom end, hit your chest. There's just something about it. Like I I guess I'm kind of a base head uh, a little bit when it comes to that stuff. But uh, yeah, it just it really depends on your preference of everything. Like I said, some people like the the tightness more tightness the go back of my bottom end when they do their charts and pop me do you have um any any major influences as far as your guitar playing goes or has it just been something that you've kind of developed over the years i mean obviously with practice you get better but are is there anybody in particular that that you look up to their playing and maybe not like want to sound like them but just guys that that you admire the way they play the guitar um not like the top of my head, not really. I can't think of anything. And, and this is not to like think, um, you know, like I have an ego or whatever. But there, I mean, there's just so many people that have influenced me over the years. But it was also during the, the time period that I was in, um, you know, how from when I started playing guitar at the age of 14 to now, like, there's been so many different bands, so many different guitars that have followed that. It's just, like, it's really hard to narrow it down to just one particular person or even, like, my top five or anything like that because they all have such, um, such unique playing styles that I, I really am inspired and influenced by. Uh, so I kind of like take a little bit of what they're doing and just applying it to what I already know and just trying to uh, create my own little thing 
Now, how excited are you guys for the uh, for the March Madness show that that's coming up? I mean, there's there's going to be a lot of bands on that, uh, and it, and it seems like it's going to be fun because I, from what I understand from talking to to Ryan from Tropic Bombs, there's going to be bands at Iggy's and at uh, Frankie's, and and I feel like I feel like locally in Toledo, just having the opportunity to cover you know local bands like yourselves over the last couple of years it, it definitely from from being on the outside looking in and not being like a, a musician in a band it seems like there's a really good camaraderie and and i feel like this show kind of exemplifies that yeah it, it's it's gonna be a really good time um it, it's really cool uh to be able to get all types of different bands together um, and just put on a really awesome show for the fans, and and it gives people to, something to do on a Friday night. You know, a lot of people would rather sit at home and not do anything, or you know, go out to the clubs or whatever. But it, it's also another option for you just to check out what's happening in your very own hometown. You know, like you might find um, your next favorite band, you might find your next And for you guys, you mentioned you're still kind of wrapping things up for the album. Um, what what are the the goals right now as far as uh, putting shows together for this year and, and trying to get the record out? Well, I think this show is going to be the last one uh, until the album comes out because we want to kind of not milk our hometown, which playing shows after shows after shows. We've already played a show in Toledo um, a few weeks ago. Um, so we want to kind of space it out and at least let our, our next hometown show be the actual city release show. So from from there, from after, after the show, we're going to just kind of get some ideas as far as tours and tour routes go. Um, and then once we get a general idea of like when the album's going to be released, if we're going to be releasing it ourselves or not, you know, we'll book uh, a free release show here in Toledo, which will probably end up being at Frankie's. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, we're just really concerned about finishing it up and the three of us sitting down and just talking about exactly what we're going to do from, you know, the summer of 2015 all the way to, you know, 2016. And uh, we, got, we got a lot of ideas of what we want to do. It's just now it's time to, like, um, put them all together and actually get things going. So so the summer would be, would be like, if you had a gun to your head right now, that's when you're, when you're shooting for, for the record to come out? Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Late spring, early summer, for sure. Okay. Um, uh, we just want to see what we can do. We we also want to like, like I said, go back to the old ways of 
doing things and having our CD be reviewed by magazines and stuff like that before it actually comes out so there could be some kind of buzz behind it to get people a little bit more interested in it rather than just be like, oh yeah, here's a, re- here's a release date and here's the album. I feel like, you know, when people have good things to say, even, you know, even negative things to say, it, it really helps the band grow in, in a certain way and we're kind of wanting to get back to that kind of mentality of things and just being a little bit more old-fashioned than what a lot of bands are doing. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a couple more fun ones, and then and then I'll let you go. And thanks again for giving me like more than your an hour of your time at this point, Chris. I appreciate it, man. Well, no problem, man. What What are you listening to right now, or what's What's the last album that you that you listened to that that really made the hair stand on stand up on the back of your neck? Oh man, um, uh, that is a good one. I. put together your like dream team band if you had two guitarists a singer a bassist and a drummer what what would your ultimate band be oh man or who do you think would make the most interesting record maybe maybe that's a, a better question who if you had two guitarists a lead singer a bassist and a a drummer take personalities out of it like who do who do you think would just make the the craziest most interesting album or your or, or, um, or something that you would want to listen to, something that like if it came out you would be you'd be waiting for it to come out. Um I would have to say for guitars, uh out of the on one side and um Jim Root from Slipknot on the other. Uh, drum wise, 
I would have to say Dave Grohl, Basis, uh, uh, I'll throw a really interesting monkey as Basis, Mark Hoppus, and singer uh, Anthony Green. I would oh, listen. Okay. I would listen to that. <laughs> that would be a very interesting, uh, interesting uh, band. Yeah, because you're, be you're kind of curious you, to hear what they will come up with. You're kind of yeah. You're kind of hitting different ends of the 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 heavy in spectrum there, and even even a little punk rock in there too. Yeah, yeah. So that would be that would definitely be an interesting thing. It would never happen, or at least I don't think it would happen. But it would be really cool. <laughs> Let's start a petition. We'll do it. It's the internet, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if if yeah. people can talk about the color of a dress and have that be a trending thing on the internet, I'm I'm pretty sure me and you can weasel our way to the top of the the crazy chain there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I think a lot of people actually be more not not even like Tom just really in, in, like interested in what they would do because it, it, I mean the only similarities was probably like Adam Dean's and Luke, but even with them, like they're they're two different styles of metal, and then you have Dave Grohl, which is you know a lot of people know him well a lot of people grow not now know him as the guitarist for the front man of Foo Fighters but didn't realize that he was the drummer of Nirvana so he, he can play drum and he, he's a damn good drummer and uh Anthony Green is just like you know from sales and Circle Survive and Mike Hoppus is you know Blink and their own legend very you know uh and stuff like that. It's just, I think it would be really, really cool, a really interesting project, just to see what they will all do, like how, what kind of sound they would like decide to write or create. That would be the most curiosity part because they all come from different backgrounds. Yeah, I think I think that that's an interesting one, man. That's a really. That's a good one. That's a good one. Because I've, I've thought about it a lot, and I really don't know. I don't know if I could pick. Like, if, if I had a gun to my head, I, I would probably say, I would probably say Lynn Strait from Snot, because I, I still think that he's got one of the most unique voices I've ever heard. And I think what they were doing at that time was kind of nuts um, in, in that mid 90s for 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 them to be doing what they were doing i would say guitars i would probably take i would put i would put mark tremani with like i i would say oh man see this is hard man this is like you yeah, you, you kind of really because I've always, I, I've always liked Mark Tremonti's style, and some people listening to this might give me crap because you know of Creed and whatever. But I, I don't really care. I, I think he's got an awesome style and one that's unique to to his his sound. And right. I, and I would challenge anybody to go listen to all the Alter Bridge catalog and and see if they continue to disagree. But that's that's just me. Um, I would want to put somebody a lot different next to him, though. I would say 
I would say Brent Hines from Mastodon would be my other guitar player. Okay. Drummer, that's that's another tough one. Cause see, you you were good about it. You you brought people from different ends of the spectrum. Um, <laughs> man, drummer, um, that is tough. That is tough. I would. For drums, I would probably say Morgan Rose from Seven Dust. I like I like the way he plays the drums. Bassist, bassist is hard. That's that's another hard one to fill because you you want someone that kind of has their own flavor to it. Um, I would say do do do. Oh man, I'm stumping myself right now, Chris. This isn't good. <laughs> this isn't good. Um, I'll go. I'll go. Paulo Gregoletto from Trivium. So that that would be my band. Okay. Because you got you got a little bit of uh, you know some thrashiness in there, some hard rock in there. You've got you've got Heinz, who's kind of more you know they do a lot of different kinds of stuff in Mastodon. And then drummer I, Morgan Rose, I, I, I just that dude is like the the anchor for Seven Dust. I just have always loved his playing. So I that that would be my five. I, I that's who I'm going with. All right, that's cool. That, that's cool. I, think, I mean, yours is still yours is pretty diverse, too, you know. Yeah, yeah, and then having and that and I think that would be the the linchpin to it too. By having having, um, I'd be interested to see the rhythm section between Paulo and Morgan, because yeah. they're they're both they're both. He- I mean, everybody in there is heavy music, but they're all different types of heavy music, you know. Right. And then and then Lynn Strait's vocals on top of it, because he had like that weird. He would do like that almost like that really like low bluesy almost type of scat lyrics, and then he would just scream like. So I I just feel like. The balance between his abrasive vocals and his uh, his softer stuff would be really interesting. Right, right. And then the guitars would be really interesting with 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 Tremonti and Hines. So I'm I'm comfortable with that. We we gotta we gotta do this, Chris. We we gotta we gotta put this question out there. Whether it's you or me, we we should do this because I think if anything, it would spark an interesting conversation with people. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's really like. <laughs> really interesting what people would say like what their dream band would be well Chris thanks again man I, I, I really appreciate the time it's been a lot of fun talking to you and I'm looking forward to seeing what you guys what you guys do with uh, Motives I can't wait to listen to it man well thank you very much man. and uh, we'll definitely have an, uh, another song from the album out really soon so keep an eye out for it Mighty dighty, there you have it. That was Chris Marshall, guitarist and vocalist for Goodbye Blue Skies. Thank you so much again, Chris, for taking the time, man. I really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun talking to you. And I'll see you tonight. And hopefully I'll see you guys tonight. By the time I get this up, there'll still be time, right? If you're within earshot of Toledo, make sure you come down to Main Street. There's going to be three stages, 21 bands, including who you just heard, Chris Marshall from Goodbye Blue Skies. It was a lot of fun talking to him. Make sure you go check these guys out on facebook.com 
forward slash goodbye blue skies. You can also check out the band on Twitter at GBS band on Twitter. And you can go follow Chris on Instagram at Chris GBS and on Twitter at this is for real folks. I love this. O M G Z L O L B R B. Oh my gods, L O L be right back. That is <laughs> that is Chris Marshall's Twitter. I love it, man. O M G Z L O L B R B at O M G Z L O L B R B. Chris wanted to make it really easy for you guys to find him on Twitter. I love it. And you can also check out Vic on Twitter, the lead singer at GBS Vic and Brian the drummer at Brian GBS the band at GBS band so follow them on Twitter follow them on Facebook check out their video for Babyface Nelson off the Visions EP on YouTube just type in Goodbye Blue Skies Babyface Nelson and remember you can still pick up the Visions EP that's on iTunes friggin great bunch of songs man that was a lot of lot of fun listening to that I still love putting that in and they also released a single, Threshold, in 2013, which you can check out on YouTube as well. I believe there's a lyric video for that. And the one that you're going to be hearing as soon as I shut my big yapper is Better Days, which is taken from the forthcoming debut album, Motives, which, according to Chris, they are shooting for, as you heard, a late spring, early summer release for that. I can't wait to hear that. I'm so, so excited. These guys have been working so hard on that for a few years now. And it's just, uh, it's cool, man. It's it's a lot of fun to talk to these folks. And, and like I always tell you guys every single show, in your town, if you've got some cool local venues, go check out these guys and gals who are in these bands and busting their butts. I mean, I can tell you just from recording this podcast on my own, without the services of Mike Jameson, creative video imagery. I love Mike. But it, it's it's work, man. I mean, and just doing my little podcast, I have seven or eight different parts that I put into every show. You know, you got the music intro, then you got my little spiel, then the conversation, the bumper music, and then the close. And then if we have a song, I put that at the end. And just doing that takes me a little bit to edit that, man. I Like, I can't imagine sitting down with, like, Pro Tools or GarageBand and all these different parts in the layering with the guitars, the drums, the vocals, bass, the ambient elements, whatever synths or keyboards are in there and whatever other sounds. I mean, these guys work so hard at what they do. So just go out and have a good time. Go out and have a good time with your friends. Go to the shows. They're memories that you'll have forever. And it's, uh, or at least until you, you know, till you kill your brain with all those those drugs. I don't know what that just was. Uh, but seriously, man, you know, go to these shows. Show support for your local music scene because I know I know it's 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 really been a pleasure to get to know on more of a personal level a lot of a lot of people in the local music scene that that I've gotten the chance to to do some stuff on over the years and they're all really 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 good bands and they're really good at what they do and they're good people, man. And I'm so happy that here in uh, in Toledo, Ohio, we've we've got a a good local scene with a lot of camaraderie. Like tonight, for example, I mean, there's bands from all across the, the spectrum that are going to be playing. So I keep saying it. By the time I get this up, you'll still have time to get to the show if you're within a couple hours, man. So $7, that's all it costs tonight, 7 bucks at the door. So thanks again to Chris from Goodbye Blue Skies and, and to the band in general for letting me feature y'all on here. I will also put up the link to the story that will be in Toledo Free Press 
for you guys to take a gander at that if you'd like and see uh, see my penmanship or lack thereof, depending on uh, whose opinion it's coming from. But in all seriousness, this was a lot of fun. Once again, facebook.com forward slash goodbye blue skies at GBS band on Twitter. And what's this? Pop quiz. Chris Marshall on Twitter at oh my god. Laugh out loud. Be right back. At least I think that's what he was going for. <laughs> at O-M-G-Z-L-O-L-B-R-B. Chris GBS on Instagram. Thanks again, Chris. Thanks again to all of you who are listening and have been listening. I really appreciate it. Remember on YouTube, type in Bauman's Breakdown on YouTube. I have all the past episodes up. Finally, lots of really, really fun conversations with with people from all across the board musically on there for you guys to check out for your listening pleasure. And uh, you'll have uh, have some more to delve into because I only have so much space on my website. And Podbean is awesome, man. It's, it's, they make it so easy if you have a show to put your stuff up. So go check all those uh, past episodes out on YouTube. If you want to trace it back to the, the very beginning, almost three years ago when we started this puppy. And you can also, on iTunes, feel free to subscribe or leave some comments. And not for me, but for the bands, man. You know, the more comments and likes and all that stuff, the the higher up, I guess, in the rankings it goes, and the more people get to check out really good bands like Goodbye Blue Sky. So do that. And you can follow me on Twitter at Mike V. Bauman. If you have a band or you have a musical project that you're working on and you want to try to get your name out there a little bit and want to talk to a goofball like me, feel free to hit me up on Twitter. And there's a bunch of bands and musicians that – that follow follow me on Twitter already, and I'm not saying that to toot my own horn, but I'm just saying that like I try to knock out one of these per week with the schedule that I have and everything going on, and uh, it's a lot of fun. I know there's a bunch on there that I haven't had a chance to do anything on, man, but uh, I really do appreciate all the love and support from you guys. Just checking out the show, closing in on 2,000, you know, feed hits, you know, people listening to the show. That's that's really cool, man. Really, really cool, and it's all about sharing music and sharing the love with people and getting names out about good people like Chris and goodbye blue skies and everybody else who's been on the show. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you very, very, very much. Now what you've been waiting for. Thanks to Chris and goodbye blue skies. We're going to give you a little taste of what's to come on motives. So I'm going to wrap things up as always by saying, keep the faith and be kind to one another. Here is better days from goodbye blue skies. Peace. Tonight I lose everything.